Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 322, our certified Infamous Best of 2021 television and film. Anyway, uh, I know we did not do our certified Infamous list last year because um, we ran out of time and there was too much cool shit to talk about. So anyway, uh, yeah, real quick, you just, before we started, you 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 just said something about Fast 10 or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah. Oh, it was just that the rock slammed Vin Diesel for his public plea for the rock to get mm. into it. I don't know. I didn't read the article. Yeah. I just feel like the rock needs to shut, shut up, just shut up altogether. Just, I yeah. would agree. I, like, I, I, to but, be honest, I think most Hollywood people just need to shut up. Oh well, yeah, but it, the Rock more than anybody. Like he needs to just go away for like two years. Just go, go, like make <laughs> money. Do all the other things you do besides acting that make money, and like put all of your effort into that, and shut the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, how do you really feel? Uh, he's. <laughs> garbage he's the least authentic person i've and i've seen him in person like you know going to wrestling events and stuff like he's the mm -hmm. least authentic person i've ever seen in real life um he's definitely okay. the least and, authentic uh, person i've ever seen on television that's considering how many people in hollywood are are inauthentic i i have to say i can't say that you know the real life thing possibly although i've I mean, there there are there, there are politicians people. who are more authentic than The Rock, the Dwayne Johnson. Anyway, oh, I I, I bet but they're also politicians less authentic. Uh, so. Well, yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not going to argue that fact, but I mean, well, no, I am going to argue that fact. He's pretty bad. So <laughs> anyway, all right, let's hop into the TV shows because I, I don't really want to spend any more time talking about Dwayne Johnson. Um, all right. Yeah, that was a little bit too long. Uh, he, I mean, we went like two minutes on that. Like, no thanks. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so we uh, this year what we've done is we've, instead of splitting it out into two episodes, we, we've just consolidated it to one. We've each picked five TV shows, five movies, um, and we're going to rate them on a scale of one to ten. Um, I'm not going to come up with any, like, clever, like, what do you rate this? Um, I, I'm, I'm relatively, so we don't know each other's lists. That's the other thing. So this is, this is all news to each other. So yeah. Why don't you kick it off first? D? All right. So television shows. So this one's one of those that I had to actually had to ask you because there were a couple shows I wasn't sure about. Uh, that they started in 2021 mm -hmm. it just seems like this was a long year and some kind of like start in 2020 and 20 in this 2020 and then ended in 21 so the first show actually second uh the first show that actually premiered january 1st of 2021 and is on my list is cobra kai i've we've talked about this show a lot and the biggest thing that i always say about Cobra Kai is it's not the best show but out of mm -hmm. the shows that I watch only one other show just gets me so geeky excited about it of that feel good type geeky excited sure and that's Superman and Lois mm -hmm. and in that regard Wait, what, that's why what Cobra was Kai, the second one Soups and Lolo oh thank you 
Is that better? <laughs> so I, I didn't know again, what you were talking about when you said Superman <laughs> and, and, and Loris? Low, Lois. Low fall? What? Anyway. <laughs> so, and, and again, a caveat to some of these is that if my ratings for these are different mm -hmm. than what they were when we did it, it's sure. kind of like one of those things where as time passes, you think about something, you might rate it a little bit higher, you might rate it a little bit lower, but they're going to be in the general vicinity. And in that regards, I give Cobra Kai a 9 out of 10. All right. Um, all right, so these are in no particular order, by the way, and since... Right. I have Cobra Kai on my list as well. Um, I really like this season. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for the whole. Uh, I was injured and can't walk, and now I'm, I'm a kung fu master again in the span of ten episodes. <laughs> um, and Miguel Diaz is the one true Karate Kid, so we, we must not forget that. Um, I really like season three. I'm really looking forward to season four. We're recording this on December 30th. So Cobra Kai season four has not come out yet. Um, and it will probably disqualify Cobra Kai from being the 20 in the 2022 list because it's coming out early. So that being said, uh, I, I enjoyed this, um, a ton. I watched through twice just because, um, there's, I had I had a hard time putting together my list this year, so I went I went eight out of ten. All right, that's so that's still strong. I mean, still for me, that's strong. high. I mean, like yeah. Um, but and, and and let me just like kind of and I'm I'm sure you're doing yours this way as well. But like my scores are not reflective of like each other, like for the shows. So like something could yes. have a lower score than eight out of ten, and I liked it more. Um, I'm just saying for Cobra Kai for what it did um, and, and how the story progressed, eight out of 10 for me. It's very solid. So, all right, what do you got next? This is actually one of the latest ones, and that is Lost in Space. Uh, again, we reviewed Lost in Space. Mm -hmm. uh, season one was good. I really fell for that show in season two. Just I just thought everything was better. And season three did what a lot of shows have a very tough time in doing, and that's piecing things together and sticking the landing mm -hmm. on that finale. And it did it in a way that it's still open. Maybe a couple of years down the road, they do a Lost in Space and Netflix movie, whatever. Danger, but Will for Robinson, season three, danger. Yeah. Season three of Lost in Space, yeah, just. Great character development, uh, great, and again, it's always had the great uh, visuals. Mm -hmm. It just visually looks like a movie. And just all the cinematography and all that stuff, everything was just so well done, well put together. We've been with this crew, I mean, three years, three seasons, but it's been more like five years yeah. since the right. four or five years or something yeah. like that. But I give Lost in Space an eight out of 10. All right. Um, yeah, that's a good one. That's eight out of ten is a good score for that. I, I think I think this past I agree with you. This past season was was it ended so strong and it was uh it was probably the best uh season for sure. Uh all right, so my next one is Ted Lasso. Um uh from Apple TV. Uh, I loved this season. Um it it was it was more of a slice of life even than the first one which I enjoy and um, 
they gave us like a real villain in Nate. Um, I know you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to spoil too much, but like Nate turned into this like horrible person for the most part throughout the season and watching, watching his fall from being someone who was like caring and loving and, and, and like, you know, wanted to like, you know, his love language was pleasing people to spitting on him. On, like when he would look in the mirror, he'd spit on himself. And like, it's like, what is, what is going on here? It was, it was really interesting for something that's supposed to be a really lighthearted show. Right. Um, and then, like the way it dealt with Ted and, and anxiety and things like that and things that carried over from the first season, it, it was really good. And, you know, Roy fucking Kent is like one of the best characters on television. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to have to jump into that. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm going to, this one's getting an eight out of 10 as well. All right. So I match your eight out of 10 with another show that I gave an eight out of 10. And this is probably might be a surprise to some people. Although I did talk about it a few weeks ago, and that's Arcane. It's an animated series that is a a, a predecessor, or actually a prologue, you would mm-hmm. say, uh, or, or a prequel to the League of Legends game, which, right. again, I have zero experience with the game. It doesn't matter because the way the show is crafted, first of all, the visuals and the sound is just top-notch. It is one of the most visually pleasing animated shows I have ever seen. And that's, I mean, ever Mm -hmm. seen. It's that well done. Uh, The characters are great. The voice acting is great. You know, the main, well, one of the main characters, Haley Steinfeld, is the voices Vi. And it just, the story, I think it's nine episodes long. And it's, it's about a story about family and choices. And like you have the first three episodes are, you know, it, its own little self-contained uh, story. And then, you know, we pick up 15 or 15 years later after that and how these characters have changed. I think this is one of those shows that people might, and again, a lot of times people look away, turn away from something, whether it's sci-fi or it's animated because it's sci-fi or animated and they miss out on some, a very great, very strong storytelling. Mm-hmm. And Arcane had to make my list because it was just one of the best storytelling series of the last, I won't even say this year, but the last couple of years for me. And that's why I gave it an eight out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I still, it's on my list. I still haven't checked it out yet, but I'm also not. Huge and the music anime. is great too, by the way. Nice. Cool. Uh, all right. So my next one's the expanse. Um, Obviously, last season and the current season both aired in this calendar year, so um, that that worked out. Seasons five and six, but I, I just I love where this show's going. Um, yeah, we're recording on Thursday. I can't wait to watch it tonight when it when it drops early. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it. Uh, you know it for for me. You know the expanse and and the IP of the expanse, like the whole like the books and the novellas and everything, has like risen up to like dune and star wars level for me um it's it's close to farscape as far as my heart for for sci-fi for television goes i mean i'm not going to say the expanse is my favorite show of all time i mean that's farscape but um it gets up there i mean this is a show that i'm i'm when it's finally done when, when they 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 you know tackle the laconia saga 
um, of the last three books, this will definitely be a show that I look forward to just kind of like going back and picking and choosing, watching story arcs from, I don't even have to watch the whole thing. Um, but I, I will, I will be excited to do that. And, and so because of that, I'm giving this a nine out of 10. I will, it might surprise you. This is not on my list. And part of the reason was I was just thinking of season six and I did forget about season five. The last four episodes of season five, four or five episodes did crawl into 2021. I still don't know if it would have stayed on my list overall. Cause as, as much as I did like season five, it was not quite as good as the previous season. Although this season has been, you know, for three episodes, it's been pretty strong. And I know this show is going to be, when it's all said and done, no matter what happens in these last three episodes, it's going to be one of my favorite sci-fi series of all time. Yeah. I think if you look at season five in context of season, of what we've seen in season six too, yeah, um, it really helps boost the score. Yeah. And that was where, and again, this, it made my honorable mention just mm-hmm. looking at season three. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be, it would be, it would be interesting for me to think about it to see if I would have put it on here, if I would have thought of season five, but instead I do have, um, a show that we both love and giggle like, like children when it comes on <laughs> Yeah, and it comes on again, by the way, in 12 days, I believe January 11th season two. And that is. Soups and Lolo. Yup. This is a show, especially the fact that it was on the CW, that it was better than it than it should have been. Yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. And I don't mean better than it should have been for a CW show. Not just that, because it's it it could have been on any network, and this show is good. Yeah. It's good from a standpoint of showing the yeah you know, okay the you know the the you know, just the CG of the Superman, you know, some of his feats, how it portrays Superman and it, and the relationship between Lois and Clark are, is one of the best relationships you'll see on the show out there. And I would contend on any show out there, whether it be genre show, just stand up drama, whatever, it doesn't matter their relationship and the way the writers, and let me use your word, show restraint in the sense of not creating or not writing needless drama, but instead having it play out like it should with two high functioning adults is one of the best things about this show. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget, we see Clark Kent as the nerd dad, Clark Kent. (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. It's just, I, I mean, just the main, that the Kent family, the cast of the Kent family is so well done. And we can't forget about Willie Park as um, John Henry Irons. Mm-hmm. It, he's just so good. And just the way he relates to the Lois and Clark dynamic and mm-hmm. the reasons why. And I just absolutely love this show. Did you uh, did you rate this? I, did you did you say you're rating yet? Yeah. Uh, no, oh. I am giving this just with all of that yeah. said and done. Uh I don't, again, I don't remember what I rated it when we finished, you know, reviewing it, but I, I give this, this is a, a strong nine out of 10. Yeah. So this is on my list as well. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, this would have been on my list just for the first five minutes of the pilot. Um, oh man, I, I, I feel like 
the pilot for Superman and Lois, or Supes and Lolo, as it's colloquially called um, in the zeitgeist of, of, of nerd media. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, but um, it's going to happen. I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm, I, like, every, I, I always ask people, did you watch Supes and Lolo? And they're like, what? I said Supes and Lolo on the CW. And then like, mean Super and Lo- Superman and Lois? I'm not Supes and Lolo. I don't know what the Superman and Lois show you're talking about. Anyway. Um, but no, it, like it was the, the whole pilot episode was such a great introduction to a character who was essentially cucked in Supergirl. Um, I think uh, Tyler Hoechlin is an amazing Clark Kent Superman mix. Um you know, I think I think they've all, all the supermen have have had like something that they were all really good at, right? Uh, Christopher Reeve was was great at at Clark Kent. He was a you know he was a good Superman, but he was great at Clark Kent. Like he was comic accurate. Like just the whole like hunching over and everything was perfect. <laughs> Brandon Routh, I think, was was a great like impression of Christopher Reeve. Um, and then Dean Kane, I think, was was also a great Clark Kent, but he was a really good like he was he was a, like I like Dean Kane most when he was Superman, right? Yeah, um, because he was far too handsome to be Clark Kent. Um, and then <laughs> and then Henry Cavill is is he's just a great Superman. Um, his Clark Kent is, I mean, is fine, but like he was a great Superman. But I think with Tyler, he's been giving he's been given something that none of them have been given. Um, and it's the family and, and, and he, he exceeds as Clark Kent nerd dad. Um, and it's what really adds to the show. And then on the flip side of that, the relationship that Clark and Lois have and the way they're trying to raise the boys and, and, and when they reveal that Clark is Superman in the pilot and the boys obviously react poorly, uh, the swerve that, that, Jordan had the powers, not John. Uh, the swerve that Wally Park was not a black Lex Luthor. He was John Henry Irons Steel from another multiverse. Uh, and was married in that John Henry Irons was married to Lois Lane. It, it, it's just the, the, the constant like, okay. So like a lot of shows are like, Oh, we want to subvert expectations, right? This show did not subvert expectations as much as it, said we're gonna go this way but then we're really gonna satisfy you with what the actual answer is um you know emmanuel chakar how do you say her last name uh, i always blurb that up uh chakari or whatever Shari- Shari- uh, yeah anyway and then uh oh shit what's the guy's name that plays kyle uh hold on i have it uh anyway like their relationship uh, as lana and uh where'd it go kyle kyle thank you uh, it is great. Why, why is he not in the top? Ugh. Eric Valdez. Uh, so to me for Superman and Lois, the two, the two like brightest spots that are not named Clark and Lois are Kyle and, and, you know, steel. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Wooly Park fan. I like, I've liked that guy since premium rush with when he was the, <laughs> the bike messenger in the JGL movie. And I've never seen anything with Eric Valdez in it that I remember, but I think he is, he's just a standout. Like at first you're like, Oh man, this guy's awful. I hate him. But then you get to learn his motivations and why he loved 
Smallville and, and, and what he gives to Smallville and, and all of that fun stuff. Um, and I thought they did a great job with the villains. Like oh, the yeah, villains, absolutely. the, the, the Superman like villains, like bringing in Brendan Fletcher as cat Thaddeus Kilgrave was just genius casting, just genius. And, and it was just different. And, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't just the same old, same old, the, uh, you know, the ex kryptonite was, was very interesting. And, and, and at the same time, same time, still really different from Smallville's use of, um, of kryptonite. And I did not include Tom Welling in the Superman talk because he was never Superman. He was only Clark Kent. Yeah. Um, and, and, but yeah. And I think, I think the thing is with this show, like you said, Ty, as Tyler Hawkman is, is phenomenal. And because it's a CW show, because it's on a network, there are going to be a lot of people that don't see just how well he fits into the long line of actors playing Superman slash Clark Kent. He is he is just incredible, and and that's I think that's a shame. I j- I really hope that the CW W slash WB does a better job marketing this show and not interrupting this show because a lot of the momentum it had in the first few weeks, several weeks, it, it was out, got smashed because of reasons and the way that the WB handled things. I yeah. really hope this this gets the, the recognition it deserves, and I'm really hoping this season two lives up to what season one was as well because, yeah. again, love this show. I mean, the trailer for season two looks great. Um Oh, absolutely. But we've been fooled by trailers before. The other thing is with this one, um, it it did get messed up. They need to just put it on HBO Max. Is really, I think yeah, that's how the show would yeah. shine, one hundred percent. And just run it through, like do the first three episodes like they do, and then run it through the next ten weeks. Um, that being said, they don't have the 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 albatross. That is Supergirl around their neck this season. There's no like, well, we're going to take it off for five se- five after five weeks because of COVID or whatever, and and we're going to replace it with new episodes of Supergirl that is going to just kill the time slot moving forward. Um, right. The way That's the numbers dropped though was was really concerning because it the 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 viewership of the show is not indicative of the quality of this show. Um, actually, this is the only network television show I have on my list. Everything else is streaming. And yes. and I think that right there is, you know, tells you everything you need to know about at least my opinion of network TV. And it's been my opinion of network TV for quite a while. So oh, ab- to, to have one, a network show on here in a top five for me, and it be a Superman show on the you know the sea wokeness what is just like just this is this was if i was if i was rating these in order this would be my number two favorite show of the year it'd be in my top two as well yeah. i'm not sure if it'd be number one or number two but yes it would be up there well my last my last show is number one but what's your what's your last show so before I get to my last show, I will add, you know, I mentioned The Expanse as one of my honorable mentions. Two other shows is, uh, I told you about this one, Squid Game. Mm-hmm. I love that show for the most part. It kind of, it didn't stick the landing for me. Sure. 
uh, for the season finale. There were just some choices that they made. Well, the last episode and a half that I really wasn't a fan of. The other one, and this was a tough one, is Hawkeye. I thought Hawkeye was a lot of fun. It was a pleasant surprise considering mm-hmm. uh, two major, like two shows on my disappointment list were Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, or as you call it, Sylvie. It just got nipped out by another show that was on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, and that's the first show of the year, and that was yeah. WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision, even now, I've watched it at least twice all the way through. Uh, WandaVision was so creative, and not just creative in doing things differently, but it also hit me with some of the nostalgia of some of the shows I used to watch back when I was growing up on like TV land mm-hmm. and things like that. And they did such a note perfect job capturing those shows, paying reverence to those shows while actually, while also weaving in a bigger story about Wanda, the loss of vision uh, yeah. and how it affected her and her powers going awry. I thought Elizabeth Olsen was incredible. Mm-hmm. She should have been looked at for, and again, I don't know if she was or not, because I don't pay attention to this, right. but I think she should have absolutely been uh, considered or nominated for an Emmy. That's how great she was in this. And again, uh, Paul Bettany as well. Uh, yeah. I thought he was phenomenal. They did have a couple issues with a cookie cutter villain that could have been fleshed out. Um, but ultimately this was about Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. Even how it relates to the rest of the MCU, I didn't necessarily care because I was so much, I was more invested in what was going on between those two. And I, it, it was just a, a great show. And with that, I give it an eight and a half out of 10. Okay. Okay. That makes, uh, makes sense. So, um, that was your honorable mention, right? No, that, that was my number fifth. My honorable oh. mention was Hawkeye. Oh, Squid Game. So wait, what was your fifth then? I got, you lost me. <laughs> uh, at Cobra Kai, Lost in Space, Soups and Lolo, Arcane, and WandaVision. Oh, WandaVision. Okay. When you went to your honorable mentions first, it, it, it threw me for a loop. Oh, kind of so, threw you for okay. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I wasn't. I was expecting those last. Uh, all right, so I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll do my honorable mentions. Um, I have a couple actually. So one is a show called Home Economics on ABC. It stars Topher Grace. Um, one, I'm a huge Topher Grace fan. And, uh, it also stars, uh, Jimmy Tardo. Um, if you guys remember the, um, the, the, the mockumentary series that, that, uh, Netflix did about the, the kid who painted the, the penises on the teacher's cars. American Vandal. American Vandal. Thank you. Uh, I love him and he's been in a bunch of stuff, but I'm, I'm a big, I love that guy. Um, I think the bad batch deserves an honorable mention, even though we stopped like talking about it it definitely like came around at at the end and uh made me want to come back for more and then i i gave both um both uh wandavision and and hawkeye honorable mentions as well um okay i i think as much as i enjoyed both of them they are still mcu properties in the fan fiction era of of Marvel of the Marvel Cinematic oh Universe, <laughs> um, and I, 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 so we're getting an Agatha Harkness standalone series out of this, 
they learned the wrong lesson about what Agatha did. Um, with Hawkeye, I, I don't know where it's gonna go. Um, and I felt like the the finale, while I liked it, was rushed, and they made a couple decisions that were not great, um, like with Kingpin and, and that sort of thing. And I think the yeah. creative teams, oh, yes, the creative teams on on both of those two shows were really uneven, um, as far as like what, uh, like the quality of of writing and storytelling, um, but yeah. All right, so my last one, and this was my favorite show of the year. It was Succession. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Um, the the whole following of the, the Roy family uh, <laughs> and, and just the fact that there's no heroes in this show. Like, there, no one's pretending anyone's a hero. This is all about, like, class relations in America, media in America, and at the heart of it, it's about just a family of assholes who are constantly backstabbing each other. Um, whether it's blood relation or marriage, you know, whatever there, it's just, everyone's looking to get like the leg up on each other. And this season just pulled out all the stops. Um, you know, it's obviously coming back for a fourth season and I actually hope the fourth season is the last, um, because it'll go out on such a huge high note. Jesse Armstrong, the showrunner, the executive producer, creator, is an amazingly creative talent. And I, I'm 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 really interested to see what what he does uh after succession. But and the show looks amazing. It looks like it's just beautiful. Like and and, and you would think a show about like corporate espionage for the most part of like you know family infighting like it's exciting you watch it um and, and you just enjoy it and there was uh there were great eric sarsgaard guest starred this season as uh a really just like prick of a of a tech billionaire and uh <laughs> i mean it was, it was just really good and kieran culkin steals the show like kieran culkin is 100 percent like my favorite part of the show Having grown up watching Kieran Culkin from Fuller in um, in Home Alone to uh, oh shit, what's his character in Scott Pilgrim? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember his name now. It just jumped out of my head. But like watching, wa just watching all of that, and um, <laughs> just I mean, in in how he is as as um as Roman Roy, uh it's it's just it's so it's so cool to see like an actor at the top of his game getting to to work with like really edgy and cool stuff and you know it's Karen fucking Culkin you know I mean it's 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 you kind of got to look at it that way uh he was Wallace by the way Wallace Wells um so yeah I just I loved it um I give it I give it a 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 100 percent yeah I'll have to watch that but I have problems with shows where there are no real heroes. And when I say problems, that doesn't mean I don't like them. Ozark's an example. There's nobody that's a hero in Ozark. And I, I still like it. Uh, and there's, you said there's three seasons. The third season just came out. Yeah, of it just ended, correct. yeah. Okay. And that's HBO Max or is that Yeah, it's, it's, it's on Hobo Max. Okay, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check. Just because I've, I have heard good things about it. Some yeah. good act 
there are some really strong actors in it. So, uh, I I'll be curious to see what I you know once I actually get right. to that show. Did you want to do I the missteps thing? Did you put a list down for that? I yeah I had uh I just had a, a couple miss uh biggest disappointments mm-hmm. for me, and two of them I mentioned already were Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about um the sometimes uneven storytelling yep. or tones of WandaVision and Hawkeye, but those were for me extremely strong shows despite some issues here and there. Uh, it was the opposite with these two in the sense of one, the showrunner and writers did not know the characters, did not understand yeah. the characters of Loki or Sam and Bucky. Yeah. And it showed with the way they were portrayed. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is when you have a character like Loki, Mm-hmm. And you have he's fifteen hundred years old or something along those lines. He's an Asgardian, and he gets neutered in his own show. In this, mm-hmm. in the sense, and you mentioned how Superman was neutered, uh, and became a jobber for Supergirl. Loki did the same thing in his own show with Sylvie. Right. Yes, you can call Sylvie a different version of Loki. Doesn't matter. We just met her. Yep. And we have this character that does a face turn without any impetus behind it yeah i i it there it, was no it was really development for sylvie whatsoever no. she was just there no, none um no yeah so uh my biggest disappointment was invincible um my that was on my hair too yeah absolutely um, you know obviously sylvie and 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 virtue signal and the neutered soldier uh also uh jupiter's <laughs> legacy was a really big disappointment um, uh, well, I will say there's one on there that we didn't even finish watching. Yeah. And you know what that one is. Yeah. It's, uh, why, why, why the last man was, that was my next one. Um, it, one of the worst shows I've, I've seen. Yeah. And then like, there was the He-Man stop. revelation, like just the whole oh, bait God. and switch and, and all of that. Yeah. And Kevin Smith just being a liar, uh, and a douchebag was horrible. Um, and I, you know, as much as I liked heels, and I went back and I rewatched some of it. I'm, I'm putting heels as kind of a disappointment. I could see that. Uh, I think I'll, the reason why I yeah. wouldn't have it on there for me is because I don't, I didn't have, I didn't know the expectations, meaning I didn't know the characters yeah. in, uh, from something else, but I can like, if you, I, I haven't rewatched it. So I could see where you, cause I, there were, there were yeah. some missteps in that show where it could have been extremely, extremely strong show and it just i think what, floundered what, at times. what made me disappointed is one they did not understand the heel face relationship in wrestling they tried to say well yes, you're correct. a heel in person in in the show so you have to be heel in real life there were just everyone was so one-dimensional and then michael waldron terrifies me the fact that he's writing dr strange and the multitude of madness they're going to give him a star wars project and like, if this is what we get from him as a showrunner from Heels and Sylvie, dude, fuck off. Like, go, yeah. like, no, go, yeah. go do something else. Like, you know, just anything, um, just a- anything that is not attached to creating television or movies. Yeah. So. Yes. Start your start your only fans or something. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. i'm just gonna apologize i'm in a bad mood so um 
All right. So, so yeah, I mean that that's the TV for 2022. I think I, I think 20 or 2021. I think 2022 is going to be better because we we're not going to have any of these major shutdowns where these these shows are are, you know, going dark for a few weeks and not, you know, not finishing and and, you know, not giving us full seasons and stories and having to do weird weird things. So, Ready to move on to movies? Yep. All right. Uh, let's all go to the lobby and have ourselves a snack. Oh, shit. As I drop things in my office. Uh, <laughs> all right. So same same deal. Um, nine out of ten. Obviously not comparing these to, to each other. It's more about like, and, it, and it's again, it's less the quality of the film and more of the enjoyment of the film. Yes, Absolutely. And I'm gonna be hard, I'm gonna be honest. This was really hard for me. Like coming into today, and you know, I've had two weeks to plan this list. I only had four movies. Like I, I literally, I had to go back and think. Okay, what did I watch? What did I watch more than once? <laughs> what did I? You know, like I, I kind of had to go through like a whole like checklist of uh, of you know what was going on. And it's going to be funny because three of the movies on mine are movies I've seen within the last month. Yeah. Even though they've been out for a while. Uh, a couple of them have been out for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. And the first one is Eternals. No, yeah. It's a joke. <laughs> I will say Eternals is probably the worst movie I saw this year. Mm -hmm. Although Halloween Kills is up there as well. Yeah, but uh, to start off, I'll go with uh, a movie that one of my favorite uh, movie critics on Facebook or not Facebook on, on YouTube said it was a better version of the Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, and that is Free Guy yeah. uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and I forgot the name of some of the other characters, but Free Guy is again. This movie is, and we t we say this a lot when we say a movie doesn't take itself seriously, mm -hmm. and it just it's just there to entertain and have fun. And I had so much fun with this movie, especially as a gamer, seeing some of the ways that they like implemented some of the like the open world type things we see in some of the in some of the games, like not just like Skyrim or what have you, but also something like uh, Grand Theft Auto. I thought it was and you know the visuals that they had, it was very. I mean, it was very lighthearted, but also there was a message in there as well um, about, you know, like this being in a, you know, being put in a certain position or in a certain mold of how you should be mm -hmm. and thinking that you have to stay there and then realizing, hey, I can be what I want to be, even if I was programmed for this or if I was given this lot in life. I don't have to stay there because, you know, the game or the strictures of society tell me I have to stay there. I can keep going. So even if it was, even though it was very, you know, lighthearted, very silly, very fun, I thought the message itself that was in there, uh, those little messages that were hidden throughout were really powerful. And it, it added a little bit more gravitas mm -hmm. to an otherwise just extremely fun uh, Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> he vehicle. went. He went. He 100 percent went full Ryan Reynolds. 
Yeah. And with that, I gave Free Guy a seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I, I liked Free Guy. It's not Free Guy's not on my list. Uh, I mean, I bought it. You know, I watched it eventually. Um, like, I think I owned it for like a month and a half before I watched it. So, um, I mean, I think a seven out of ten is a perfect score. I mean, I, it was it was a fun movie. It's definitely one you can rewatch. Um, and at at the at the end of the day, like you know, th- th- these are the type of roles Ryan Reynolds should be doing. Yes, plain and simple. Uh, all right. So my first one was uh, Army of Thieves on Netflix. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I love talking about it. I kind of really like this universe that Zack Snyder's making. Most of it happens in the daylight, which I thought was really cool, um, which is really different for like just Zack Snyder-esque films. Um, Matthias uh, Schwinghofer doing the, the being the director and you know one of the writers and, and stuff like that I thought was really great uh, and introduced me to Rubio fee so now I have a new I have a new crush for um you know a Hollywood <laughs> person she's just so hot and, and she was great uh in it and yeah I just I enjoyed the hell out of the movie I, I the safe cracking the 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 effects that they did when they would show how like the safes were unlocking and things like that. It felt like a video game. It really did. The whole mm-hmm. movie kind of felt like yeah. a whole video game cutscene. Um, in you know, it's like a mobile, but like a mobile video game where like your whole job is to like unlock a safe in under two minutes. Yeah, I almost put that on there. Uh, well, this again, it was one of those movies that I will absolutely watch again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those uh, kind of like up there with one of my honorable mentions i I actually would have put that ahead of army Mm -hmm. of the dead simply because army of the dead you know i'm a huge fan of zombie movies but there's a character in there that just really brought the movie down yeah i mean anytime Uh, tig natar is in a movie it brings it down for me too (laughs) uh but that's a solid that's a very solid pick and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens Yeah. yeah so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens mm-hmm. in this universe as well. Absolutely. 100%. All right. What do you got next? Uh, John Wick meets um, <clears throat> The Equalizer, and that is <laughs> Nobody. Uh, this movie, um, I had wanted to see this for a long time, mm-hmm. and I never got to the movies to see it. Right. And it was one of those things. I'm not paying 20 bucks for this to rent this. I'm not paying 20 bucks to buy it. And then, it, you know, it was 10 bucks or something. And I bought it last week and I finally watched it a couple days ago. And I love this movie. It, and I think you said when I told you about that, I was that I, I was watching it. Mm-hmm. That you said it was more of like kind of like a realistic. It was John Wick, but a little more grounded. Yeah. And it, that's absolutely true. Bob Odenkirk is is great. Uh, and I just love the, again, it wasn't, and, and this is actually a positive in this way. It seems like a negative as much as I'd love John Wick. It wasn't as smooth as John Wick, mm-hmm. but that gave it that, that reality based this guy that's been trying to live a normal life and something happens where, you know, he, he gets back into it. Yep. So to speak. But he's again, you know, everything is a, things like that. I don't care how strong you are, or how good you are. If you don't practice something, it's a perishable skill. And you can see that, you know, he's not he's not what he used to be. Yeah. But he get he's you know, as the movie goes on, he starts to get there. 
and just the action, uh, a lot of the you know camera work and 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 the way it's shot is great. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's one of those movies. Uh, again, it's similar to Free Guy in the sense of it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and I would, and this is one of those movies I'm going to watch again. Anyway. Uh, uh, absolutely, I'm going to watch that probably at least once a year for for <laughs> several years now. Just kind of like what I do with John Wick. Yeah, at least oh, the yeah. first John Wick movie. I watch that at least the first John Wick at least once a year. Dude, I, I love all three so John Wick I, movies. I, I like if I watch one, I have to watch all three. <laughs> um, so with yeah, so similar to Free Guy, I give nobody. Well, actually, I gave I bumped nobody up just a little bit, and I gave it a seven point five. Okay, seven point five out of ten. All right, so uh, I'm gonna stick with nobody because it's on my list as well. Uh, I am not a big Bob Odenkirk fan. I, I like Bob Odenkirk in small doses, unless he's uh, playing Saul Goodman. Um, and I, I was just tickled by this movie. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. It was, it was really interesting to see because you know he's like, he's just a a, a coiled spring that they're just tightening and tightening and tightening and then when he snaps and it's all over a kitty bracelet um which like this movie could almost be a parody if it did not take yeah, itself so seriously absolutely. right it, this movie takes yes. itself very seriously um i i loved christopher lloyd in this i loved him so much and then the fact that uh it was rizza on the other end yeah. of the, uh, and, and how great was it to use like the stereo as a two-way radio to communicate? I, I thought that was yeah. that was really really good. Um, I mean, this movie is like it starts. He's just a frustrated guy. Like he's a he's a he's a husband who sleeps with a a, a pillow fort between him and his wife. Yeah, and uh, who is Connie Nielsen? Who would like you know like you know Hutch totally outkicked his coverage there. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, his kid, his son hates him. He's like, he just like when he's constantly talking about like, um, his uncle, um, like, you know, Becca's Becca's brother. And, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, uh, I'm going to talk to someone who, who served real, real time in the military who, um, that was Charlie who was played by Billy McLean, uh, McLellan. Sorry. Um, and like, you know, he's trying to like, talk to Hutch and you can see like Hutch is like I'm not even afraid of you at all when he pulls the gun out and he gives him the gun and Hutch takes it home and puts it in the um the ego box in the freezer no he doesn't even take it home he puts it in the box oh you're right no it was at the office that's right it wasn't at home he just put but he put it in the in the and who leaves an empty (laughs) box in the freezer those freaking psychos that's who um (laughs) But no, it 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 was it was really like this movie was really well done. And watching Hutch go from being, you know, the uh, the I guess the I guess best word for it would be the the doormat and coming yeah. back to himself. What uh, was was really really great, and I I thought. Where this one actually is more grounded than John Wick is because he gets shot right before like the big end scene, before the big climactic yes. battle. Like he gets shot in the shoulder. Uh, Rizza gets shot in the shoulder. Um, you know, I, I thought it was really good. Rizza's use of the sniper rifle as a weapon, both mm-hmm. as a as a melee range and like close quarter firearm, was really quite an interesting feat to film and and i thought that that was a lot of fun um 
at the end of the day, this is a seven out of 10 for me. Um, Mm -hmm. It was fun. I've watched it a few times actually this year. I told you when I was going through these lists, it's like, what did I watch more than once? That's, that's um, actually every single thing on this list. I watched more than once. Um, and, And so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's just well worth the watch. And if it's $10, it's a hundred percent worth buying for ten dollars. If it's under ten dollars, yes. it's a no-brainer. Yes. All right. What do you got next? Absolutely. Another seven point five er, and I'll remind you at the end is uh, another streaming movie, or is not another streaming movie, but a streaming movie is the Tomorrow War. Uh, this came back out. This came out back in July. Mm-hmm. It's again. It's it's a it's a fun sci-fi movie that was a perfect summer release. It's it's along the veins of that Independence Day summer release, big, crazy sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. going on. Uh, Chris Pratt, I thought is great in that. Yep. And you know, I'm a huge Chris Pratt fan. Let's you know, yeah, I'm a huge Chris Pratt fan. We both. No matter what, you yep. know, loved him in Parks and Rec. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I remember first seeing him in Wanted when uh, he was uh, James McAvoy's best friend. <laughs> uh, say that in air quotes right but this i mean this movie was you know it's, it's a crazy sci-fi in the sense of you know people from the future are drafting people in the present to fight a war in the future it's uh, against these just creatures these alien creatures that are just sick and just i love the 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 cg of these creatures how they moved and you know the brutality that they wish they killed was great. I just had a lot of fun with this movie. I, I watched it like in like when it came out, I watched it like twice in the first week and I watched it again a few weeks after that. Uh, it's what, and again, it's, it's a movie that, you know, from a technical perspective, other than the CG, uh, which I thought was for the most part, great from a technical movie making perspective, from a script perspective, it's not the greatest, yeah. uh, uh, but again, like you said, it's more about the enjoyment and the fact that I will watch this again, kind of like when I was just mentioning nobody and free guy, I'm going to watch those movies over the next several times over the next couple of years, yeah. probably once a year, all of them, just because it's, it's just a lot of fun. And there's times you just want to escape and that's what movies should be. And again, yes, I did say free guy had a very strong message that was, you know, you know, filtered within the ridiculousness of the movie. But it doesn't. A movie doesn't have to have that for me to put it to mm-hmm. for me to thoroughly enjoy it, and that's why I gave Tomorrow War seven point five out of ten. I just, nice. you know, despite its big faults, uh, I just had a damn good time watching it. Yeah, it, this one's not on my list. Um, I enjoyed it. Like you know, I, I rated it highly. It just when 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 having to go down to five, right? If there was ten, if it was yeah. the top ten, this would have been in the top ten for me. Absolutely, Free Guy right. would have been in that top ten as well, most likely. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I get a hundred percent what you're saying. I think if this would have been in a normal year <clears throat> with a normal theatrical release, this would have been a seven to $800 million movie yeah. greenlit sequel. No, no doubt. Right. And then right. I think yes. Amazon was happy with it. I, I think they were really happy with how it turned out. So, uh, all right. So my next one is, um, it's an indie film. It's uh, it's called North Hollywood. Uh, it was written and directed by Mikey Alfred, 
uh, and it stars a guy named Ryder McLaughlin and then Vin Diesel or not Vin Diesel, Vin Va- Vince Vaughn. And uh, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm, I'm literally reading Vince Vaughn on my screen. And I said, Vin Diesel, uh, <laughs> words are hard. Uh, and Miranda Cosgrove from iCarly. And uh, really, it's a story about Michael who's about to graduate high school. He lives in North Hollywood. He's got like his crew of friends. They're all skaters. He wants to be, he wants to be a pro skater. And Vince Vaughn is his dad. His dad's just an old roughneck concrete construction guy, like really cares about him, just wants the best for him. And, um, is, is forcing like him to like, be like, dude, you have to go to college. You got to go to college and get a stable job. You got to go to college. Um, and you know, Michael's friends, like they don't take skating as seriously cause he wants to go pro and they, they just, they're like, nah, skating, skating. Like I'm going to go to college. I might, I might bring my skateboard, like that kind of thing. And you know, he, he sacrifices a lot of things, uh, throughout this movie before he realizes like he needs what he needs. Um, he needs his friends. He needs his family to move forward. Uh, but like, there's a point in the movie where like Michael, Michael's the focal character, but the, the sacrifice he makes, the sacrifices he, he thinks he has to make, I think is the important differentiation differentiator there. He, uh, he just doesn't, he, he just is so single minded driven towards what he's doing. It's, it's just really interesting. And it, it's great to watch him because when he, he does finally hook up with some pro skaters and they really like what he does and everything, um, to watch him be like, wait a second, I have to have some gratitude. I have to have some grace in this. I, I have people who helped me get here. Um, and I'm not doing my part as a friend to pull them up. And these are people who are always here for me. Um, and when he comes to that realization, that's when like, you know, the, the pro skaters are like, all right, Hey, we're going to go do this shoot up in San Francisco. You need to come with us. It's going to be a blast. You're going to make this much money. You're going to, you know, um, but it's all about his dream and that's what's important. And I think like talking about message, right? The, the, the message to me from this movie is don't get lost in what you're trying to become like use where you are now and, and build and build and build every day. Learn something new. Um, he gets into a relationship. Michael gets into a relationship with uh, Miranda Cosgrove's character who she's going to Stanford. And, you know, she's just this cool girl who he's had a crush on forever. And um, her name was Rachel. And it, it was just, it's, it was a fun movie. I rent, I actually rented it. I haven't even bought it yet. Um, Cause it was like 1499, but it was like 99 cents to rent. I watched it three times in the 48 hours. I had to watch it once I watched, started watching it. And, <laughs> I just, I mean, one slice of life, life, love it. Two skateboarding, love it. Um, so, and, and then like, it's kind of like that, like dare to great, dare to be great situation that that I really go that I really go all in for. So, I uh, I give this one an eight out of ten. All right, that sounds. I was going to ask if it was streaming, but so, uh, it sounds like it's no, it's not yet. I mean, you for. can you can buy it, you can rent it. I mean, I think it's like still like on on Apple. Last week, I don't, I don't know where it is now. It was still like a ninety-nine cent rental, but um, even for five bucks, it's worth renting um, just to just to watch. So, all right, what do you got next? Okay. So, what I got next is a movie that this is the only movie on the. Well, no, it's not. The, it was one of the. It's the last movie on the list that I've only seen once, mm-hmm. and that is Spider-Man: No Way Home. I yeah, this year has been a major disappointment for me from the <laughs> MCU standpoint like right again 
one of my biggest disappointments on this list. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment movie wise is Black Widow for me. So having this, you know, after you going through Black Widow, Shang-Chi, despite me, you know, having fun with it. And then the God awful Eternals. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to expect. My, you know, it's one of those things where you, you constantly getting hit with stuff and you're just, you're, you're, <laughs> your enthusiasm just wanes. And it's not just the movies. It's also the disappointments on Disney plus with these shows. And, I was worried that that Spider-Man No Way Home was going to be the victim of the whole, as you've mentioned, the fan fiction nature of what it looks like the MCU has become. I was not only pleasantly surprised in the sense of my expectations, but also I thought this was a damn good movie, mm-hmm. not just from a superhero perspective. I just thought... That, Okay, from the superhero perspective, you mentioned this. This is the the one hint you gave me before I saw it. You said it's the first Spider-Man, real Spider-Man movie in the MCU, which is 100% accurate. Yeah. It is, for me, it's Tom Holland's best work that I've ever seen him. And I've seen, uh, you know, other than Spider-Man, I've seen him in other movies. Uh, There's a movie, Devil All the Time, I thought he was great in from Netflix. Uh, But this was, I think, for me, his best role so, so far, as far as putting the gamut of a kid going through something he's not ready for having lost like true loss for the first time in his life and how he deals with that, how he deals with the anger, how he deals with the fact that he has all this power and with that power comes responsibility. And let's not mention spoiler alert, by the way, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Oh no! There's we we have to spoil this. I mean, it's been two weeks. It, yeah, like we know. Yeah, this is spoiler. Like, yeah. if you haven't seen, if you don't go see the biggest movie in the first two weeks, like, yeah, that's on you. So I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but man, those two were just phenomenal, and it, I, we've talked about it before. How particularly Garfield makes you look at the amazing Spider-Man movies a little differently. Not that they're good movies because they're not good movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's that his performance, I should say, uh, or his, his place in the pantheon of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man was phenomenal. It was it. And and again, I've told, we've mentioned it's as much as I like far from home or not far. I'd like far from home. Okay. But as much as I like, homecoming as much as, as i liked tom holland as peter parker multiple occasions i've said the one thing i want to see is him handle something by himself and not have iron man there or whatever helping him and i thought they were going to do that with dr strange and the way they get rid of dr strange yes they bring him back at the end but that allowed peter to have to do this by himself. Well, and granted, you know what's more have... powerful than magic? What? Math. Yes. <laughs> Geometry in particular. And, and, yeah. And, and that's the other thing. It showed, It really showed how smart Peter was. Yeah. And I, I just love the scenes between him and his, you know, other, uh, his the brothers. other multiverse We'll, we'll just say his yes, brothers. His brothers. So. Yes. I, um, I just had, so I cannot wait to see this movie again. Uh, yes, it was at least 15 minutes too long, especially in that 30. first act of the movie that, that I thought that I thought dragged. 
But still, I cannot wait to see this movie again. And with that, I give this an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. I uh, I also have Spider-Man uh, No Way Home on mine. Um, and I, so I'm just going to start. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I've seen it twice. Um, I, 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 I enjoy this. This is, uh, this is definitely a, a top half Marvel movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not, it's not a top five. I did not like this, even though this is the first like real Spider-Man movie, I did not like this better than Homecoming. I think Homecoming was oh, really interesting. Um, I like Homecoming is a top five movie for me for Marvel. I, I like it's the, it's, it's Ferris Bueller's day off, but Spider-Man, um, mm-hmm. how can you go wrong? Right. And I, uh, I just think that with, with, with what they did here, like, you know, again, like sidelining Dr. Strange was perfect. The whole like Steve, call me Steven and then call me sir. Um, where this movie like, I mean, just talking about, like, just one, like, the one negative thing is mm-hmm. w- when they introduced the multiverse villains, um, they all knew each other uh, for for whatever reason, right? It was, it was just kind of weird. But throwing them in the cages like that, it's like, well, no, this is really dumb. Um, but I thought what was really important is, like, this version of Spider-Man that we've had in the MCU has been all ego all the time. Like he's been great. He hasn't done any, he hasn't had anything wrong. And it's because there was no uncle Ben. There was never an uncle Ben in, in the MCU. I don't like, you know, I just, I don't, they, they haven't, they never, they never said, they never mentioned Ben. Um, when, when, when Toby and Andrew mentioned losing Ben, like there was no like, Oh yeah, I lost an uncle Ben too. Like there was just no recognition to, to who that person was, which makes me sad. Um, so they gave that to May, which is fine. That, like at the end of the day, that's not a big deal. Uh, I hated the way Marissa Tomei delivered the great, great power, great responsibility line. Um, it was like she was reading it off a cue card because she couldn't remember how to how to say it. But, um, but when May died, that was the first time that Peter started like really coming from a place of, hey, I I have I have to redeem myself. Um, and in the end, when he's made his own suit, he's out in the snow, he's doing friendly neighborhood Spider-Manning. Uh, I think this was a really important moment to to reset the character. Um, the other disappointment is that he did not dis- disappear <laughs> into like the Venomverse or something like that. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. It it, it was. It, it's a very good movie. It, it is. It's too long. Um, I understand why they went and got all the villains that they got. Um, I I think we could have done without Flint Marco. We did not. We didn't need Sandman. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that I, one. I, I like we didn't need the lizard right uh, at all. I mean, he was just kind of an afterthought. I thought Jamie Jamie Fox was great in this version of Electro. This was a lot of fun. I I, I hope he had a lot of fun making this. Um, cause it, like this version of Max was really, really good. Um, and then Andrew Garfield, it just makes me mad that they did not, that Sony did not give him a better, like the caliber of actor that he is. 
Um, and if you want to see Andrew Garfield at his best, go watch The Social Network because he has to deal with Jesse Eisenberg yeah. and he makes Jesse Eisenberg look really good in every scene that they're in. And he actually makes Justin Timberlake, who I think is fantastic, even better. Um, Andrew Garfield is, is a very powerful young actor. Um, maybe not so young anymore, but he he got so screwed out of a good Spider-Man and you know he was great with the quips, right? How we talked about Superman, like as Spidey, like the 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 like the non like big fights, he was great. He just didn't. But this time he had the physicality because he's a little bigger. He's a little older. I get that. Um, but no, this this is a really good movie. This this is this is a movie that Marvel has an opportunity to to. This movie has righted the ship for the box office. Now, do yes. they continue down the path that they're going with the MCU? Do they continue with all these TV shows, or do they say, "Hey, we're, we have to, we have to, we have to pause and, and reset, and we have to, we have to follow and make these stories that are are true to the characters," um, because they're, you know, they're what sells. It's not, it's not the fact that there is a, uh, that there's a, you know all Asian cast that they say is diverse or an all black cast that they say is diverse, which neither of those things are diversity. Wake up. Um, but then what they do with something like the Eternals, which I'll never watch. I have zero interest. I had zero interest when they said they were going to do the Eternals because the comic was stupid. Um, and if you're out there saying you were a big Eternals fan of the comics, you're a liar. You're um, not, you aren't, you aren't. Nobody was. Um, but, that being said, like this, this movie should be an important touchstone for the, or should have been an important touchstone for the MCU. And because of the three movies that preceded it, like, I think there was an overcorrection to people going and watching this and rightfully so. But at the same time, the lesson, learn the lesson that Which this, I this is a, this is a movie that is character driven first. And it's been a long, long, long time since we've got a movie that was character driven in, in the MCU. Um, because yeah. I think since Civil War, it's just been spot fest after spot fest. Yeah. And that's, that's, that is very legitimate. And sadly, I don't, if I had to put yeah. money on it, I don't think they would, they, they've learned their lesson. No. I, I think they'll use this as more of a, hey, we can, you know, throw out one movie and, you know, all will be well. Uh, I think there are a, a lot of times these these executives, these creatives tend to get full of themselves. Uh, I was just talking to someone about why, uh, why do these WB executives, for example, I'm just using WB as an example, of like talking about the Matrix Resurrections. Why do they do these things? Why do they say, hey, we're going to make this movie without the original creator and, you know, the creator thinks like I have to do this and makes a terrible movie. These yeah. people think they're smarter than they really are. Mm -hmm. And they have no respect for the work and the effort that came into creating the characters. They're basically using for money, not because they're interested. And again, that's not everybody. I'm just saying a lot of these executives and why I don't think, I hope that this Spider-Man is a turning point. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that Dr. Strange uh, multiverse of madness uh, is able to continue this momentum. 
I just don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, especially after Doctor Strange. Uh, I yeah. Again, 2021 really beat me down as far as <laughs> what the MCU is. I'm not going to lie. I, I think yes, be, I love. I think it beat everybody down for movies too, not just like yeah. MCU, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely because there's a lot of movies that were not that great. But um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this movie, and like you said, the the important thing you put in there, you said character driven, mm-hmm. and as much as I love spectacle, you know, like spot fests. That's what I want. The, my favorite movies are character-driven movies from the MCU. Winter Soldier, Civil War. Guardians um, of the Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is in my top five. Uh, so, and that's what they started as. Like, look at the first Iron Man. It's not in my top five. It's my top ten, definitely. Mm-hmm. But how they started that, Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, and then they then they went with a little too much of the big CG yep. fight at the end. Yeah and um but it worked in this one you never so, go full wb <laughs> <laughs> so uh before i get into my final movies i do had did have a couple honorable mentions yeah. uh quiet place uh mm-hmm. i thought that was a uh, quiet place too i should say yeah. that was a great one one movie i want i would this would have absolutely been in my top five but it came out like two years ago or something but i just finally saw it a couple months ago and that's annabelle creation Oh yeah, that was one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Um, it's it's a horror movie that is doesn't just rely on jump scares. It's creepy. It's it, it's so well done. It, it's so well done. I I would put that. And again, I'm not a huge horror movie guy. Uh, I I like them for the spectacle every now and then. But I thought that wasn't just a great horror movie. I thought that was a, it was a great horror movie. Mm-hmm. It was a very good movie period and but again it came out in i think 2018 or something like that yeah uh in kanto we just watched that uh, a couple days ago or this past weekend uh it's on disney plus i thought at, at first it took me a little bit trouble getting into it because of the singing uh it's basically a musical uh and it's about this family that you know they have this Somehow they have this candle that, that bestows the main family members with each family member with um, a certain ability and the main character is kind of like Deku from My Hero Academia. Despite mm-hmm. all of his classmates having abilities slash quirks, he doesn't have one. So the main character, she doesn't have one. Uh, despite her siblings and cousins having a certain power, and she ends up being important to how the, you know, the family, you know, because there's something going on and something coming for the house or coming for their power. Not necessarily a villain in the sense of an individual, but more circumstance. And she has to, you know, find it in herself to not only think that she realizes that she's good enough, but also there's a very interesting dynamic between her and her grandmother, who are, she tells like her grandmother doesn't because she doesn't have abilities. Her grandmother is like really hard on her and almost treats her like second class or like not qu- not quite as overt, but more passively, like that passive aggressiveness. And I thought just the, you know, the animation is beautiful as always with these movies. And uh, I, I just, it was a lot of, it was very well done. I just thought it was very well done. Um, another movie I had on here and it was, it's kind of similar to the whole free guy video game thing is boss level. Uh, I'm playing demon souls right now. And so I get the fact of playing a level over and over and over and over and over again, because you keep getting killed. And I thought Frank Grillo was great. It's another movie that 
doesn't take itself seriously. It's just a lot of fun. I think it's on Hulu. Yeah, I've already Hulu. watched. It's a Hulu I've watched original. that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, I've watched that a couple of times. So that that's a lot of fun. That was that was a With really being, fun movie. I love the whole Groundhog's yeah. Day like like you know, yeah thing. Except when you're you get stabbed to death on the when you're about to get the shortcut and <laughs> you have to start from the beginning sure. of the level. But anyway. <laughs> The number one movie on my list, and it will be by the score as well. Uh, I haven't watched it in a couple months, but it was the Snyder Cut of, of Justice League. It's one of those movies I've we've, that for the last couple of years, people have been clamoring for. So when it dropped in March, I wasn't sure what, what, what I was going to get. It was one of those nights that I, I ended up watching, start watching at 3 a.m. just because I was having trouble sleeping. And this is a four-hour yeah, this um, this one puts me myself to sleep on the too. Yeah, <laughs> it was a four-hour uh, pat myself on the back fest it, from Zack Snyder well, in some ways. No, no, uh, you're using the wrong word. It was masturbatory. What was the word you used? It was masturbatory. Yeah. Is what it was. It was Zack Snyder's mas- masturbatory movie. Yeah, but let's so. okay. So let's start with the original Justice League. The, the original Justice, Justice League. League was like it was like Eternals to me. It was patently awful. I'll never watch it again. Now, although at least Justice League had a part or two that I would watch again, unlike Eternals. Anyway, so this movie... Well, you will watch it again because the entire Justice League, more or less, survived in the Snyder Cut. Uh, nah, I, w- I would heartily disagree with more that. More or less. Uh, uh, more, no, heartily disagree. <laughs> uh, but, again, this I do like how they did this. Because, again, when you have a four-hour fest, they split it into, I think it was six chapters, which makes it almost like, because the rumor was that this was going to come out as a six separate episodes. Yeah, it was going to go over, over the course of like a couple weeks or I think. Yeah, what, which would have been said. stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's I Warner Brothers, like, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's Warner, Warner Brothers, yeah, so. True. How dare you? <laughs> I do like how they did that because that makes it more manageable in the sense of, because I think I watched the first four and then I sleep finally got there and I paused it, uh, went to sleep for about a half hour, woke back up and watched the rest. So this is why I absolutely want for me personally, I want, if they're going to do a DC universe, I want Zack Snyder in some way, shape or form involved because the, the, it's tough not it's tough not to watch this and then think about what we got from Justice League and say this was a crime against humanity mm-hmm. uh, because that and again there were reasons behind that you know Zack Snyder did have a tragedy in his life and it was like WBU the Warner execs used that to boot him out bring Joss in because they wanted it under that two hour mark uh, which again that's fine but when you tear apart a, a story and just just mangle it to the point of being beyond recognition. What's the point in doing that? So I love this from the standpoint of an artistry standpoint. Yes. He uses far too much slow motion, even though there are scenes that are just absolutely gorgeous. The way he does it is like you said, Brian, he, he had to have been a uh, visual, not a visual effects, but a uh, cinematographer in another life because he's just so when he, what he sometimes lacks in story power or character development, he makes up for in the visual effects. But I do think this movie was, you know, you have this, you have Superman, obviously you have Batman, Wonder Woman, but the heart of this story was Cyborg. 
and uh, Victor Stone's, you know, trying to figure out himself now that he, as he calls himself, a monster as Cyborg. I thought that was a major part of what was missing in Justice League, a Justice League, as you say. And, and it was, I didn't expect that part. You know, I'd heard that he was a big part of this uh, as far as uh, I forgot the actor's name. It's just slipped my mind, but I'd heard his, that character was a major part of, of the, was supposed to be a major part of the show of the movie. And, and I just kind of was one of those shrug your shoulders. Like, yeah, I don't know about that, whatever. And then I see it and it's absolutely true. And it, it's a totally different tone in the sense of what they're fighting for. Uh, and it's not just, you know, how they bring Superman back, it, which makes more sense. It's not just their, all of their relationships, you know, the, the Justice League relating to one another. It, it, everything about this movie was well i mean it's not a it's not even a discussion that everything about this movie is better than the year 2017 version <laughs> yeah uh i can i can absolutely see why some people still don't find it appealing uh it's not one of those movies where i'm just going to be like you know i can't believe you don't like this movie no i can absolutely see i can see you know, when we had the review i could see some of the points you were making about that uh and yeah uh but again it goes because technically this is not again this is not technically what i would well there's two tech technically from a script standpoint i should say because the visual and the audio technicalities of this movie i think are, are fantastic from a script standpoint there are absolutely issues with it uh, i think overall it's it's good as far as the characters development and stuff but there are definitely issues with some of the things that he kept in that didn't need to be there or some things that need to be reworked yeah. With that being said, I give this uh, a nine out of ten. I just I, I love this movie, and I watched it twice in the first week, and that's I, that's eight hours of my. my I'm time. aware that's eight hours of your life. You're never getting back. <laughs> so, uh, so I yeah, I cool. will absolutely watch. This is another one of those. Just like I think every movie on this list, like I'll watch at least once at at minimum once, like this coming year at yeah. least. Probably not more than twice for Justice League, just because it's four. It is four hours long, so. But yeah, that that first impression it gave me, and then watching it again because it was one of those things that okay, was I just excited to see it or did I like it that much? And it was one of those that I liked it that much. Okay. So yeah, uh, so yeah, it was surprised, but I, I thought about it, and yeah, this is definitely this is actually number one in my heart. Cool, number one on my list. <laughs> How Shane Falco of you. Um, all right. So my honorable mentions, I have three. Uh, the first one was Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, ton of fun. Super enjoyed that movie. Um, way more than the first one. The second one is Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I had a lot of fun. And we got to review it with Carlo. So that just kind of made it special because we've been wanting to have him on the show for a while. And then the third one is a Netflix movie that you turned me on to called Love Hard. Um, which I watched and I was like, I'm not going to like this movie because, um, what's her name? Uh, Nina Dobrev Nina was Do just, yeah. uh, just awful and just everything that's wrong with like the world of online dating in this, uh, in, in this movie at first, but it like turned out to be this really just sweet, like lighthearted comedy that 
you know, what happens when you have to like look for someone to love and love you and and just I don't know it's funny like the whole the whole idea of like the catfishing each other and how she was yeah. actually like the worst catfish like with the with the real handsome guy was was just really yeah. funny it was it was it was good it was is well worth the watch so like it's worthy of an honorable mention um all right so my favorite movie I've been gushing about this movie to you since I found it um it's called The Paper Tigers Dune Oh. Uh, <laughs> Dune's on another list for me. Um, we'll get to that one next. Uh, anyway, no. Um, it, the, so the Paper Tigers. It's it's three middle aged men must polish off their rusty martial arts skills in order to avenge their falling kung fu master. Um, it made one hundred eighteen thousand dollars at the box office. I rented it. I've bought it and I've let it stream through on Netflix watch not just let it, but like I've streamed it on Netflix three times already. I've probably watched this movie a total of seven times this year. Uh, it came out in May. <laughs> so I, uh, I it's just like, there's something about this movie that, that just really spoke to me. And it's the idea of these three friends who have just completely lost touch with each other after they were so close and, and they went through the, you know, and, and, you know, you and I, like you, you train now I'm, I'm looking into getting back into it, um, with, you know, the discipline that we, we, we each enjoy. Um, but like these guys were, it was, it was like, you know, their, their Sifu's like version of Gung Fu that, that he taught them that turned them into these like just amazing fighters and what should have been amazing men. And they were all a disappointment to him. And then he dies um, and he's killed by one of his own students. He, he, he says he's never going to take another student. He takes another one on and that person kills him. Um, spoilers, but it, this doesn't ruin anything. It's not like a big mystery, but it's, it's watching them go through the road to, uh, to recovery as, as not just friends, but as, you know, men and 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 understanding their place in their in the world with life and and all of that um the the three the three tigers it's you know they're great it's it's danny hing and jim um jim ends up being like a brazilian jiu-jitsu guy hing is like supposed to be was supposed to be like the big asian healer and 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 you know east to east uh Eastern medicine. And then Danny was supposed to be the leader, like, you know, the, uh, um, the guy who was, uh, he was called Dasain to, to lead the, lead the, the dojo and, and, and lead the, you know, teach, bring more, more people to, to this kind of Kung Fu. Um, and it's just really great. But I think one of the best parts is Matthew page, uh, plays the grown up character of Carter and, and Carter is, was, uh, was Danny's kind of big rival in the day. And so they have all these videos of them of fighting or what they call Bamo uh, or what is called Bamo. Let me rephrase that. Um, but Matthew page is also known for, uh, enter the dojo. Is that the, that's the, that's his YouTube channel, right? Yes. Yeah. Master Ken. Yeah. Master Ken. Thank you. Um, which I was not, I was not aware of Master Ken until you told me about him. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I missed that, but I, I've, I've been through most of those years, more, <laughs> years and years of videos. Remember, um, 
stomp the groin. <laughs> stomp the groin. Um, but so Carter like never stopped training, and and it was just like when when and he has information that the tigers need, and and just as he tears through them, it was it was very 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 good. Um, but no, I, this this is movie. I actually give this a ten out of ten. Um, it gave me tremendous enjoyment. This is. This is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time now. It's probably in the top eight, to be honest. Um, and it's just this this great, like, you had something. You had something special and you let it slip away. And how do you get that back? Um, yeah. And, and, like, Danny was a great character. And, and, and Hang is a great character. And Jim is a great character. And the, the, the villain of this was 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 really really good too um and there's a great cameo by by yuji uh yakamoto um who, who you might remember as tenson for or not is it tenson is that how you say it from credit kid too no chosen sorry chosen yeah, from chosen. from tenson something else i'm stupid uh but yeah it, it's just there's great there's this great scene where there's these three young martial artists who are um you know, posing as they were the the Sifu students, and they have this amazing Bemo in the bottom of a swimming pool, like like you know, an empty swimming pool. Um, but yeah, it's it's just well worth a watch. I I I loved it. I thought I thought it was really good. Um, you know, it's it's directed by Bao Tran, who I uh, I actually reached out to on Twitter, and I never did follow up. I would love to talk to him about this. Um, I actually logged into Twitter just to message him and tell him how much I liked his movie. <laughs> I know that's, I not what, when you did that. That, that's not what Twitter is supposed to be used for. I get it, but that's how I was using it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. All right. Um, missteps. I mean, obviously the matrix has to be number one on that list. Oh my gosh. You know, so I put, I put mine not as misstep, but as biggest disappointments. And the reason I did not have the matrix there on go. there, because, biggest disappointments. I like that. Uh, and the reason I didn't have the matrix on here, it, it, which was close is because I actually, because I didn't know what to expect. I knew the, you know, if, if, if this was a sequel to the original matrix, I would absolutely have it on here. The fact is for me, the matrix Two, the matrix three revolutions mm -hmm. are reloaded. Um, both brought down that joy that I had from the original. Not now it do, doesn't take away what the original means and me watching the original. It just, my expectations for the world of the matrix went down, I should say. Right. In the sense of a uh, movies. So when this, you know, I saw the trailer for this and I, I didn't get hyped. I just said, okay, that looks interesting. Yeah. I never had high expectations for it with sure. black widow considering she's one of my favorite MCU characters mm -hmm. and, you know, Scarlett Johansson is amazing, not just as black widow, but just as an actress in general. Right. To, and then we have a, what a, a year and a half, uh, it's got pushed back a year and a half, uh, multiple times in a year and a half, I should say. Right. And then finally getting it and getting what we got was what, not only was it a travesty to the character of black widow, but it was a, a huge, huge dent in to what we have for the MCU. Again, yes, it's the MCU. And I'm, and I'm just saying movies. I'm not even bringing up the missteps they had. We already brought up yeah. with Loki and 
uh, you know, virtue signal and the neutered soldier. Mm-hmm. But while Black Widow did give us Florence Pugh's character, which was great, it was just they they once again they did what what a lot of these comic book adaptations do. They take a, a fun character and uh, Tony Master slash uh, Taskmaster. And they completely rewrite the. And again, we know they rewrote the character. It it was supposed to be uh, her OG OT or Fang yeah. or whatever. So they totally rewrote that character, and mm-hmm. it was more about the virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. And again, the villain in this was god awful mm-hmm. and was a caricature. Oh, Ray, I mean, Ray Winstone had no business being cast as a villain in no. this. No, 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 no. So it, uh, other than Florence Pugh, this movie disappointed on every time. And, uh, and apparently, Black Widow can fall a long way and not get hurt and still be in fighting shape. But oh, yeah. Yeah. We know how that ends in any game. So yeah. that was a major disappointment. I put Eternals on here, but I probably shouldn't have. I think I put Eternals on here just because it was such a bad movie. Sure. Not that I had high expectations, but it was, I mean, this was a legitimately, not just, not just, again, Sometimes we have to need to separate, you know, when they do woke stuff versus when they do just bad movies. Yeah, just and bad. again, this is a combination of both. Like even without this was just a bad movie. It was a bad decision. It was two and a half hours, which means it was 40 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. You had twice as many characters as you needed. It was just a bad movie from start to finish. The first 20 minutes, I, I said to myself, I, I don't know if I can finish this. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up finishing it over. Yeah, but it terrible movie. But the other one, and uh, I don't know if this will be on yours, Dune. Um, <laughs> you didn't know if it was going to be on mine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> oh, that's cute. Considering someone that's read Dune almost 30 times, I, I, I figured it, but I didn't, you know, didn't want to make the assumption. <laughs> they took out my but favorite Dune... character. My favorite character who's important to everything that happens moving forward and, 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 and is important to the climactic decision that puts Paul on the throne. They took her out. And, and, and now if they introduce her, it's going to be like Paul the oppressor and not Errol on the savior. So not, not only did well, they not I mean, have her, I but if they put her in, she loses all of her agency. Yes, absolutely. So fuck you, and, Denis Villeneuve. And when a when a when a director or a writer or a creator says, "Hey, I love this this book. I mm-hmm. love this property," and then they do something like this, <laughs> it's like it's like the whole Kevin Smith thing. Yeah. Basically, well, all you did was put up a front because you did not like this yeah. book. Because if you did, <laughs> he you would have done more it. service he didn't to read the book, the book. Than you did. He did not read the book. He read or the clip notes. Like yeah, yeah. But this movie was visually stunning. I thought the acting was very strong. Mm-hmm. I love Timothy Chalamet as uh, Paul Atreides is great. Oh, yeah. I really liked Oscar Isaac, Rebecca. I, I liked everybody, pretty much everybody in this movie from an acting standpoint. Javier Bardem. But like you said, it's fine when you cut certain things out of a movie. But when yeah. you cut something as important as a character as Erilyn is 
And then right. again, what they're going to do in Dune Prop Two probably yeah. is they're going to shoehorn her in, and it's just not going to. If they it, have her, they'll probably just make Cheney, yeah. like, you know. But like they might do that. The, the whole like changing of the uh, the charter thing—that's like that was stupid. It was it was a waste of seven minutes of screen time. I mean, I think Danny Villeneuve, just like Zack Snyder, should be a cinemat- cinematographer, director of photography. He should not be the main director. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't I don't like his movies. I just don't. I like Sicario. That was it. Um, but no, Dune is a mess. He did not understand the Fremen. He did not understand the characters at all. Um, he made a bunch of virtue signal casting decisions. And because we live in a world that is so based on aesthetic people were like this was great this was dune and it wasn't um it was the jason yeah. momoa show that was the exact wrong casting that was that was the biggest casting misstep in this movie is jason momoa's mm-hmm. duncan idaho um duncan's very heroic death was was you know deemed suicide in this one um and and yeah it's just like Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson were amazing. They had amazing chemistry together. Except for the problem was, whenever Paul wasn't next mm. to to Jessica, she had snot bubbles coming out of her nose because she was a crying simp. And you talk and, about agency. That yeah. took away agency of her powerful character Jess, in Jess, the books. Jessica's and, legitimately the most powerful character until the fulcrum wakes up within Paul. Legitimately, she's the most powerful character in the galaxy up until Paul comes into his own. And even then, she's the only one who has a legit, like, Benny Gesserit power over Paul. Not Cheney's, you know, the way Cheney loves Paul. Like, that's a completely different thing. When You could argue right. at some point Cheney becomes the most powerful person in the universe because she's the one who has the Emperor's ear. But... Um, but yeah, it's just in, in the whole, like the, where, where the Fremen were oppressed. It's like, there's millions of them. There's millions of them on the planet. They are, they, they are hidden. They are, they are cunning. They are, they are warriors. They are capable and brilliant and smart. And they're worried about who their next oppressor is going to be in this movie. No, 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 no. Misstep. Fuck you, Danny Villanueva. Uh, all right. My, uh, no, my next one else. is, yeah, <laughs> my, 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 my next one is, uh, eight bit Christmas. Um, oh, I never saw, I didn't watch that one. So it, it's supposed to be kind of like a mix of the princess bride and, um, a Christmas story, right? One, I don't buy Neil Patrick Harris as being heterosexual anymore. Like being a dad with a wife, like, no, like they should have cast, um, what's his name? The guy that played Ralphie. Um, in his role. Uh, shoot. Just oh, uh, Peter. Peter Wellingsley? No. Was or it? something like Peter that. Peter no, Billingsley. Billingsley. Peter Billingsley. Yeah. They, Peter Billingsley should have been in that role. Not Neil Patrick Harris. You're a game show host, dude. Um, anyway, it, like, it was just, and it was just so, it, it was so dumb. It was a waste of Steve's on. The ending you saw coming from a mile away. Uh, of course they killed the dad. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was one of those things that uh, I'm sorry. It, it just, it should have been, it should have been like a classic Christmas movie. Like this should have been a modern classic and no, it was dumb. Um, I, I think the, uh, the other big one for me 
besides Dune um, that I actually saw was obviously The Matrix. Um, I, I like being such a fan of the first one, but uh, I think The Suicide Squad was a little bit of a of a disappointment, and it's because James Gunn went full James Gunn, and the the, the movie to reel him in. Yeah, the movie just didn't make like the way they kept time hopping throughout the movie and stuff like that. I mean, obviously there's high points. Pete Davidson's character gets shot in the face. I mean, I don't want that to happen to Pete Davidson in real life, but watching that happen in the movies was pretty fucking cool. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but no, there was it was just there was there's so much waste in the movie, and and you know, um, Starro just looked awful. It looked like watching a Power Rangers episode. In it the looked 90s. like Bebo from <gasps> yes, um, that too. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I, That's I, they why probably, I laughed they, out loud when he. They probably used the same render, to be honest. Yeah, and, and just changed yeah. the 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 shape. Um, but yeah, that's why I laughed so, out loud when it came yeah. on screen. I I I said that's that's freaking Bebo. So, um, and I think my last just kind of misstep from movies was the um, was the Disney Plus day and date release charging thirty dollars to to own oh, the movie as long one. as you have a Disney Plus subscription and the uh the HBO um just the HBO Max ver- um approach to it as well. Uh I think they could have done more uh for the theater going audiences. Um and and maybe you don't do day and date, but like you instead of releasing it on Friday or on Thursday night as the case may be, you release it on Sunday. Or you release as your Saturday movie, so you can at least yeah. get that big Friday box office if necessary. And I so forgot an honorable what... mention. Sorry, I forgot an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, the little things with Rami Malek and uh, Denzel and uh, Jared yeah. Leto was a very good movie, and it just made me think of it because yeah. this is one I, I think was... everyone should watch. Sorry, you were yeah, that say. was a good movie. I was just going to say that uh, I don't know if you saw that Warner's has has created a strategy that. They're going to do the 45-day thing for theaters and then HBO Max, starting with Batman. I think that's great. I think the 45-day, like the 90-day doesn't make sense anymore. Um, It's going to be pirated over and over and over again, you know, a million times and downloaded 40 million times if you wait 90 days. So... Absolutely. So no, I'm all, I'm all for I'm all for the 45 day. Actually, I I think it should just be a 30 day. Just like give it. I was gonna say 30 know, day would be there, fine there's for me. So many there's so many movies that come out now. There were 12,000 movies on the list for IMDb for movies that came out in 2021 between uh, one one twenty one and twelve thirty one twenty one. Twelve thousand. Wow. So Good yeah, great. Thirty days. And one of those movies was a remake of West Side Story where Steven Spielberg did not put in subtitles because he's a douche. And we saw how that helped him. Oh, it, it helped it, the box it, office. It, well, you know, they blamed everything else. So just like they're blaming Spider-Man for the Matrix. Well, you know, maybe if the Matrix would have been good like the first one. So, Lana, that's on you. Anyway. All right. Uh, oh, shit. We've been going for a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 2021 was an interesting year at the, at the, in, in the front of the screens, large and small. So, um, some of it was really enjoyable. Most of it wasn't to be hundred percent honest. Um, now what do we do? Where do we go next year? Like how, what excuses are they going to make for not 
like for for the movies that don't perform that maybe don't necessarily have the same ideological bent that uh the you know certain people want where other people don't where the majority don't so yeah it's again it's all about excuses it's mm-hmm. just 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 do compelling stories with compelling characters yeah. or just kick ass fun yeah those are the things i'm looking for do uh, again, better like do better yes so because like i said a couple of these movies aren't compelling in this character development part but they're kick-ass fun yeah. and that's you know yep. movies are there to entertain us to help us step away from reality that's yeah. what movies are for yep that's what i want in my movies so yes sir all right uh i will be happy fun brian next week i promise um <laughs> I, i'm not gonna be like this just going like honestly making this list made me angry it made me so mad going through and and part of that was dune um which I could not bring myself to watch again. And it's for sale for 30 bucks or 20 whatever. Yeah, like 30 bucks on iTunes. And it's like, no, 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 no. No one should pay that. Give me 30 bucks to watch it. So <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, on that note, happy new year. Uh, I hope everybody had a good new year. And hopefully as we're talking to you, Daryl and I are trying to figure out how to get tickets to watch the Bearcats kick the crap out of the Wolverines in the national title game. Go blue. Uh, Go cats. (laughs) Talk to you guys later. (laughs) See ya. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later.